You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. Good evening as the Tigers Radio Network are coming at you live from the Oakmont Pub and Restaurant located in Havertown, Pennsylvania. I'm Dave DePasco alongside Jim Olsman. Coming at you later will be Steve Reynolds. And our special guest is a 2012 alum of Marple Newtown High School. He was aiming at the NFL draft, and he's still trying to climb his way there. We have special guest Joey Pham. Thanks, Joey, for joining us. You are alum of Millersville as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, we're going to talk about a couple different things. We're going to run through an agenda. We have you playing at Marple Newtown. You played under head coach Ray Junta, then transitioned into Millersville. And now you're aiming at the pros. You weren't selected in an upcoming draft that transpired back in April, but you're still trying to get a shot with a couple teams. So the folks know what you've been really doing the last couple months. Yeah, well, um, as soon as my season ended, uh, I got invited to uh, the National Bowl Mm -hmm. for uh, top FCS and D2 players. I went down there, uh, got a lot of exposure. That's where I got a lot of hype. A lot of hype on uh, just coming from Millersville, you know, a smaller smaller school. And then from there, from the National Bowl, I got invited to the FBS Tropic Bowl, which I ended up not playing in that because I already had committed to the Dream Bowl. Okay. So I ended up playing in the Dream Bowl, but the combine for the Dream Bowl, uh, I ran the 40, and I pulled my hamstring on the 40, so I wasn't able to play in the game. And as well, you went to Temple University for a combine? Yeah, I went to... Uh, I got invited to uh, Temple's Pro Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won after the Temple players. There was about 80 kids, 80 kids there um, who didn't go to Temple participating, and uh, I think only like three or four of us got selected to do position drills after the 40. Can you talk about that a little bit? You got to go to Temple, do the skills. You meet any other scouts and coaches while you were there? Yeah, I met uh, I met around like 20, 20 something scouts there. They had over uh, twenty teams in attendance, and uh, it was based off forty times. And if you were already being scouted, and I was already being scouted by the Chargers, and I ran it, and I ran a good enough forty for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Temple's head coach was there watching in the corner, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Rule, and uh, he was there for uh, obviously. Uh, Matty Cavage and Tavon uh, Young, but he was also there to watch. Well, he's there to watch you as well. Yeah. Now, you said a good 40 time. What is a good 40 time in your mind? Uh, for a skill position, anything 4-4 or 4-5, that's uh, even 4-6 is fast. People, people get the 40 a little bit twisted. I know Steve was Steve Reynolds was running a 4-6 back in high school. <laughs> Definitely those big <laughs> linemen running down the field. Yeah, right, right. But uh, that sounds really entertaining. Was there any other events that you got to go to? You went to a couple combines. What about scouts? Did you talk to any other scouts along the process? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before the pro day, I went to the uh, NFL regional combine in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Where and, was that uh, located at? I was at the uh, Ravens facility in Owen Mills, the Under Armour, okay. Under Armour facility. And uh, it did was, you walk? Did you do the Ray Lewis when you walked in? Oh, I should have. <laughs> I should have. And it was uh, it was basically it was basically the same thing at Indy. Uh, mm-hmm. Same process as the 40 and uh, the combine specific drills and things like that. And uh, what other some drills? I know a lot of kids at home are trying to get better. They want to be that next defensive back to go to the NFL. So you're talking about the 40 time. What are some other drills that can help them progress per se? Uh, just footwork. Just working on your footwork and mm-hmm. your uh, lateral movements. You know, 40 doesn't really translate into football. I think all that combine stuff is a little bit overrated to mm-hmm. me. Because uh, it doesn't really test football ability. It just tests, uh, you know, if you can move well. Now, what can you offer teams? Yuri said the Chargers. Were there some other teams that you were looking at? And how can you contribute to an NFL team or a CFL team? Yeah, uh, Chargers, Giants, and uh, Falcons were all looking at me, uh, invited me to mini camp. But uh, rosters were filled up. And so they're still talking with my agent right now if anything opens up or, if, you know, players get cut. There's a, there's a final round of cuts uh, after this weekend. So we're about to see what happens. And uh, CFL, I just hired, or I just got a CFL agent uh, basically this morning because uh, my agent is uh, hes an NFL certified, and we need to get a, a CFL certified one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, you talk about the business side of it. I would have never even thought that you would need two different pieces of representation for your career now. 
Is that someone within his agency, your original agent, or did he know someone that he could refer out for that new agent for the CFL? Uh, they just partnered up with these. Uh, it's a, I'm in a big agency. Okay. And uh, they just partnered up with these uh, the smaller one. Okay. So, because uh, my agency only has about two CFL players, both on the same team, so that's not many contacts. Okay. This other one has. I think he. I think he just got seven players drafted on Tuesday to the CFL draft. Oh wow! Wow. I'd imagine that your your chances are better at the CFL than the NFL, just from a standpoint of the average salary, yearly salary in the NFL is around four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I know that the CFL is about forty thousand, so there's a big economic yeah. difference there. Either way, to get paid to play a sport is probably for you more than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. It seems like you have that perspective. Do I have that right? Yeah, I'll play. I'll play for free. <laughs> right, you probably come back under the lights, right, at Marvel? I would. Yeah. I would. Okay. You know, a couple of weeks back, and Dave and I were talking about this on a ride up, um, and Steve will, will talk about this when he comes on. Well, we have a the Tigers Radio Network guys. We have a text thread, and. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about you, talking about getting this arranged and pulling it together, and we were just talking about how football is a funny sport because a lot of guys, you know, that I've seen come through, you think, wow, you know, that guy could really do something at the next level because they're so good at the high school level. Yeah. They do so many things. Not only that, but like yourself, fast, smart, very good football IQ. But I feel like. And we was ta- I was talking specifically about you. You're one of these people, and, and, and I have a theory about football specifically, because it's such an unbelievable sport among, among all the other sports, because of, because of the physicality, right? Do you think, you know, you, when, when I think about your, your high school football career, and I saw every game, yeah. you didn't really play as much as, per se, maybe guys in your time, like a Pete Massaro, in every single down player. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that... That gave you the opportunity. It, it almost spared your body a little bit, so you could actually blossom at Millersville. Uh, I want to say it spared my body. I guess it just uh, it gave me a little bit more, uh, you know, hunger. You know, like in my mind, I'm thinking I'm the best player. Understood. But obviously, I'm not playing. So obviously, you know, sophomore year, I was on JV. And, you know, I got to learn and you know have fun with it or whatever. And then when I was a junior, you know, I played. Played a varsity both ways, and then it was a, you know I wasn't I wasn't the go-to guy. Even senior year I wasn't the go-to guy. You know, right. Samara Moat was the go-to guy. Right. And for me, just sitting back in the shadows and just watching him, I knew I could compete. It's just that he had the spot at the time, and right. that's what gave me a little. You know, he's my best friend. He's my roommate at college. And, you know, we just work each other. We just work out with each other every day, try to get better. And isn't that amazing? I mean, again, and I didn't even think of it from that standpoint. Obviously, I remember Samaro very well. Um, we were we were talking about him on the way up here as well, uh, especially just because of the Millersville connection, obviously, and how much fun. But I, I often, you know, look, it really comes down to this, and this is if you went back through our text threads, you'd see this. I would have never thought that when you left Marple Newtown, we're sitting here having this conversation about yeah, Joey. Yeah, Flynn. I get that a lot. I go, I'll go out and see my friends. They'd be like, "Man, what's up with tomorrow?" The first thing they ask me. <laughs> here, here's here's what I mean. When I saw you a couple months ago at Marple uh, at Crozier Keystone Stadium, um, you were you were working out with a, a coach, and I had my son with me, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And when we got back, my son and I got back in the car and we left. My son said. Daddy, is that your friend? I said, yeah, that's Daddy's friend. He said, does he play football? I said, yeah. I said, he played football at Marple. I said, he plays football now. And my and my son said, well, what NFL team does he play for? And I said, well, we'll find out. <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, I feel like I feel like there has been a couple of other student athletes coming through Marple Newtown that sort of matriculated in the same way. But then you have guys like. Um, see, I don't want to pick on certain guys because they're going to say, "Hey, man, you, you know, you're talking about me." But I, I, right off the top of my head, um, you know, I look at a guy like Dan Giordani. Remember Danny Giordani? Yeah, yeah, I know. Tremendous football player, awesome football IQ. Always thought, man, there's a guy that could play the next level. But I thought because he played so much in high school, that really when he got to the end of his high school career, that was really it for his body yeah, in a sense. Yeah. I don't know if it would have translated 
that well in the college. Yeah, I remember Danny uh, and Steve when I was a freshman. You know, they had three days, and I was on I was on the freshman team. I only had practice once uh, once a day. Okay, and I would just come. We would just come during the afternoon. And I remember Danny Giordano not practicing because uh, something was wrong with his back. Remember that? Right, yeah. And, and I he remember, was always yeah. nicked up. He was always one of those guys that was nicked up. Well, don't played. you think that's position-wise? Because Joey's a defensive back, whereas Dan was more of a linebacker. Say, if Joey ends up being on a team, he's going to be a gunner on the outside yeah. on yeah. special teams. Probably a lot of position-wise that way, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just have this theory in that sometimes guys, you know, I'll give you a different example, right? Um Jeremy Shockey is a guy. You remember Jeremy Shockey played yeah. for the Giants, and he he went on to play for um, Giants, uh, the Saints. Well, he ended, started, ended with the Saints. Yeah. yeah, so he started with the Giants, ended with the Saints. Maybe another team in between there. Mm. But if memory serves me correctly, I think he played his senior year in high school. He played in college. Yeah, he played at the U. Right, but really wasn't one of these guys that played from six years you know, old, like a Steve Reynolds, like a Nick Reynolds. He did start in like kindergarten, going all the way right, up. He might right. not have been burnt out by the time he got to high school. And so do you feel like, though, when you got to Millersville, that your body was fresh and ready to go? Yeah, yeah. And my, my freshman year, I was like in the best shape of my life. I was only about like, I was probably only like 160, but I could run forever. I wasn't the strongest, but I knew I was going to you know, any type of condition after practice or throughout practice, you know, I wasn't going to get tired. Right. Did your coach tell you to put on weight, though? So you had to build up and go against the big wide receivers or a lineman coming down the field on a screen? To be honest, they never, I've never been told that, to put on weight, none no. of that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is this is sort of a theory of mine with football. And and, and then there's the other side of it. You know, I, I talked to, I, I've talked to my wife about Pete Massara. You remember Pete? Yeah. And, um, you know, his senior year, he had a really good junior year at Marple, terrific sophomore year as well, but a really breakthrough junior year, which I really think thrusted him into Division One. But his senior year, he got nicked up. And the other school thought of it is, is that he got nicked up, but he battled through injuries. So when he got to college and dealt with other injuries, he knew exactly how to put himself into a mindset. So it's really tremendous to see your matriculation because I just feel like, if maybe, you know, Moat is not at Marple Newtown when you are, yeah. you're put out there a little bit more, maybe something happens and you just don't have that matriculation yeah. that you would have now. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I get it. Now that you say that, um, this past summer we hired the company, uh, there's one in Broomall, uh, Powertrain. They were our strength and conditioning coaches throughout the summer. So we did uh, five times a week, and this was the first time that we had a, a legit company as a strength coach, not just like the Millersville strength coach, we had a, a legit company. And boy, we we work hard every day, just conditioning wise and strength wise. After that, on t- only on Tuesday and Thursdays I ran the captain's practices. And you know, and this was the first year, this past season was the first year I've missed games. That I've been hurt, missed games. So I'm saying Wow, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am, throughout the season or yeah, the summer. Understood, yeah. I mean it's interesting that you bring that up when you're talking about conditioning your body. At, at this point, you know, again, when I saw you with my son, first time I seen you physically, but then actually working physically, and it, and then you were kind of getting some reps in with the team, too, yeah, yeah, which I loved, by yeah. the way. Um, you know, that's the thing. You see this tremendous matriculation. And I tried to tell my son, I said, I said, Luke, that's what a person looks like that's trying to become a professional athlete, you know. Um, what, I mean, what does it really take? Because you had to be a student athlete, and we know how hard, you know, we, we've seen how hard that is. But what's it take to be a professional athlete? It's, what, was it when you, when you decided, okay, this is something I'm going to really put my heart into, because I only have a small little window to do this. How hard is it to be a professional athlete? crazy now that i'm thinking about it is a lot of things just got to fall in order from the man upstairs to for for everything to work out like okay like, just like what we were talking about yeah. right go ahead and uh you know during the season i really didn't think anything of it until i'm getting all these letters and uh people people calling the coaches for uh you know film on me 
then I'm like, all right, this might go somewhere. And then I play in the bowl game, and then uh, all these all these coaches are at the bowl game, uh, like Chiefs and Jaguars. I filled out paperwork for the Jets. They all came up and talked to me, so I got real uh, real talent. I just never really thought anything about it because, like, school like Millersville never got that. You know, we didn't we didn't have scouts at our practices like other even other PSAC schools. I know schools from Westchester got scouts at their practices. And uh, for it to become a pro, it's just you really got to devote every every hour, every minute, just thinking about football. Like when I was training, we weren't just training my body. We were I had a film session, and I was just watching film on random players, just learning their techniques and stuff. A lot of players, a lot of film we watched, we watched a lot of film on Darrell Revis. He's not. This is crazy to say, but he's not the most athletic corner at all. But his but his technique and the way he trusts his technique is crazy. Just the way he, he gets beat a lot. Sort of like your trust, fundamentals. Yeah, almost. we work on fundamentals visually a lot. Mm-hmm. And with reps is, we try to get good quality reps just so that way I don't, I just try and make it like a, a good muscle memory. Like mm-hmm. the way I want to the way you do correct things. Everything you're saying is funny because I hear Coach Dickin, and Coach Junta said that for years yeah. too, but Coach Dickin says that all the time. I mean, we've heard him, Steve, you know, we've heard him say it many times, and I go to practice sometimes, those quality reps are yeah. so important, and that's why I'm sure this happened in Millersville. Coach says, do it again. Yeah. We can't just walk through the motions. You can't flip a switch in a game, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now, how many guys at the Combine did you say and go, Wow, he's got the six three, but man, he's got bad technique, and I could probably beat him one on one most likely. Did you see any guys like that be like, "Oh, hey, wow, he's really good," but you know, I can beat him because yeah. I know I can rely on my skills I've learned. Well, uh, like a day before, we saw the, I saw all the players in in the Baltimore facility, but the way my time frame was set up, I only went with DBs that were close to my last name. I was like DB group three or something like that mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of good you know we, uh, our coach calls them off the bus guys you know you look at them they're like you're just like wow like he's a specimen like you know six two corner mm-hmm. he's got arms all the way down to his knees and you know well then you tell him to go back pedal he can't do it all right and open up flip his hips so you know physicality has a lot to do with it but actually playing football that's why that combine stuff i really think is a little bit overrated mm-hmm. Just put on the film. That's well, it's like not always about your physical traits. You're yeah. just saying all about the film. It's probably 90% mental almost half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're watching so much film, you're going to be like, well, that quarterback likes to look left and then throw it back yeah. right. Yeah. So you have a lot of traits. Like, I know from Westchester, Tim Brown, he wasn't drafted, the product at Upper Darby, but he did sign with Tampa Bay after the draft. And they're not using him as a tight end. He's huge, yeah. but they're using him as an H-back. Yeah, H-back. Almost Almost fullback like yeah. so. They said six three is not tall enough. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad that you talked about the combine and saying that it's. You know, I don't yeah. even know how they put it on television. Yeah. And I got friends. I mean, close friends of mine. They love it. They can't get enough of it. They'll go home. They watch it. Yeah. Hey, they'll call me up, and I. I say the same thing to them. I say, look. None of that means anything. All. All that's important is when the lights are flipped on in the stadium yeah. and it's time to go. That's when you're going yeah. to see. Because uh, my agent put up a, uh, a thing, Malcolm Butler for the Patriots, Josh Norman, and uh, I think Brandon Boykin was also on there. If you compare our combine numbers, I should have been drafted compared to those guys. Wow. I'm taller. I weigh more. And every single one of my numbers, my bench was higher, vert was higher, and my numbers were lower. So you can't really... If they want to say numbers, then I should say my combine numbers. I checked off every box, if I would like to say that. Right, right. But then again, I, I played at those guys were SEC guys. Well, except Norman. Norman played in the FCS. So do you think that there's a lot of guys that play at a Division two school that could absolutely play in the NFL? Easily. Wow. Easily. Tim Brown, I know he's going to make the roster. I played against him, and I and we used to train together when we were at Legion. He's, a, he's wow. an animal. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Why do you think then so many guys get overlooked? I mean, the obvious is there. Probably grades, right? Yeah. Grades. grades. They uh, probably get in trouble a little bit. You got the guy yeah. with the gas mask, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. What else? I would say late blooming because when I left high school, I was only about 150, 5'10". So the same thing that we were just talking yeah. about about 10 late minutes blooming. ago, right? You know, I grew, when I, I just got measured, and they said I was like a little above 6 foot, and now I'm about like 198. So wow. Like, so it's weird. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying. 
if Massaro, for yeah. example, is a late bloomer, maybe yeah. he's in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird sport. Yeah. I don't think there's any other. Do you think there's any other sport like that? No. Can you say that basketballs? I don't think you can say basketball. That's because basketball, you just you're 18, 19 years old, and most yeah, of those, yeah, yeah. yeah. When like, Steve, when Steve gets on the mic here, I want your opinion on this too, because I know we texted about this and we talked about it. But I, 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 I appreciate your insight on this too, Steve. Staring at me, but you play at a college level too. So, but anyway, but yeah, that's yeah. that's very interesting, and 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 then it makes you think: how many guys get completely hung up on some of the nonsense that we see? Yeah. The gas mask idiot yeah. that went to Miami. You got guys that I mean, I can tell you right now. Perfect example: there's a guy at Princeton, right? Princeton just had a guy drafted this year, tight end. Yeah. Got drafted by the uh, Browns. The, the, the Browns. That's right. Good good one. The only reason these guys on my radar, my old boss, it's uh, it's a neighbor of his in Connecticut. All right. He knows the guy. Seth, something or another. Forgive our listeners for me not knowing. I don't have it on my notes. But yeah. the guy, super smart guy, got to play Ivy League ball. Eh. You know, come on. I mean, if you're going to play Ivy League ball, you're good. But yeah. you know, same thing. Now he's going to get. Now he's going to play. Has a chance to play for the Browns. So it's. I mean, it's the Browns. But still, I mean, it's a that's a professional team. That's a professional team. Yeah. So it's. It's so weird how these things kind of have to, as you said, the man upstairs, and then they got to fall into place and late bloomers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I always feel like when, when I see, for example, now basketball is different. I I, I do a lot of. Basketball work at, at the Division Two level, yeah. um, collegiately announcing. I see, I see such tremendous basketball players. I mean, they're only just a shade down from Division One, so it is amazing. Um, thank you. Yes, Seth, Seth DeValve. Yes, thank you. You are listening to the Tigers Radio Network from the Oakmont Pub and Restaurant, located in Havertown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. Welcome back to the Tigers Radio Network, coming at you live from the Oakmont Pub and Restaurant, located in Havertown, Pennsylvania. We're with Joey Pham. Alongside, we welcome Steve Reynolds. Thanks for having me, guys. Joey. How you doing? Pleasure having you on, man. Thank you. Go back a while, me yeah. and your brother Petey, yep. back at St. Annie's. Long time. Uh, by the way, St. Annie's guy right here, yes, Marple, sir. Millersville. So, uh, now, Joey, talk a little bit about coming from Division Two. I know uh, Jim talked about it a little bit, but what can you say to other guys playing D3, D2 football about trying to make it to the pros? Because I always hear, you know, for example, Carson Wentz. Yeah. People are like, this guy's from D1AA. What's he going to do? My theory is you can play football, you can play football. I don't care what division it is. So yeah. what would you say to a guy – you know, younger than you that's playing D3, D2 football and wants to make the league. Yeah, you know, it's a little cliche because when you grow up, growing up hearing it, you know, they're like, if you can play, you can play. It doesn't matter like, you know, where you come from. That Like when someone says it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, I always just push that off to the side. But it really doesn't matter. If you put on good, solid football on tape and you have connections or people going to find you. I got my exposure at, at the bowl game, you know, and uh, there's – top D3 players in the country, bowl games, you know, D2. So, you know, it's, it's taking that extra initiative step to just get recognized. And not know? just in this country. If, yeah. you lo- if you watch the NFL draft, you saw the guy drafted from Germany. Yeah, yeah. Now, Germany is known for soccer, yeah, not football. And he tore it up. And he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So if you are good enough, I know you watch a lot of Miss and Ellie, Steve. You're talking about Wentz almost every single day. But that's the main talk in yeah. Philly. But... D2 players, if you watch a D2 game, if you watch a Millersville-Westchester type game, 
there's a lot of good players. We saw Christian Whiteside, another Marple Newtown alum, play at Bloomsburg. And they had a powerhouse offense, and they produced offensive linemen left and right. So D2 is no joke, especially when it comes to the league. And yeah. talk about the, the PSAC. I call it the SEC of Division Two. I mean, the PSAC's yeah. great football. Yeah, PSAC is. That's funny because uh, someone who interviewed me on my pro day said the same thing. He thought the PSAC was the best football Division Two-wise in the country, and that in some cases, some of the teams should move up to D1. But that's just money and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've played against, I know about, I can name about five guys that were on the NFL roster at one point that I played against. Who was the toughest receiver you ever matched up with? Trevor Harmon from Shippensburg, and he was on the Cardinals. Okay. That was probably number one. We were just talking about this a little before, and we were talking about Shippensburg, and, of course, Abel Hoff will be playing at Shippensburg next year, and that aerial attack. Yeah. They have wide receivers, and they love to spread the field. But a lot of we were talking about East Stroudsburg, and yeah. Soltes was their quarterback. Now he's at Kansas City trying to make their pro roster. Yeah. A lot of different guys. There are weapons all over the PSAC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, PSAC is it's talented, you know. Uh, at the pro day, it was mainly made up of a lot of PSAC guys. And, you know, a couple mm-hmm. uh, couple Penn guys, a couple... Uh, Lehigh, Lafayette, a couple of those, uh, you know, uh, P1AA schools there. But the main, the majority was PSAC. Now, in the PSAC, do you guys all know each other? Is there just, like, when you come together, you're just like, hey, what's up? Or is it more like, oh, I know you from the field, and then you slowly talk to one another? Or is it just, like, a head nod? Because uh, you went to a lot of different combines, and I'm yeah. sure you've seen a lot of different players. Yeah, I got close with... Uh, the two Kutztown players, one that was on the Buccaneers. Reed? Uh, no, no, this past year, uh, or this past week or whatever, uh, okay. Anthony, Anthony Kelly. Right. And uh, Terry Williams, he was, just with, he was with the Giants. I got close with them and a couple of Lock Haven players. And uh, obviously Tim Brown just because we work out together. So, right. like, I know them. I always say what's up. And they play in the same bowl game as me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always say hi. And, uh, you know, we always – it's just crazy that we never – we didn't really talk until we saw each other, we just happened to be at the same. You know, they got invited to Temple Pro Day, like me. And you guys got, are all going yeah. through the same things. Yeah, and then then they got invited back to the Villanova Pro Day, which is unheard of. And I got invited back to the Villanova Pro Day, and it's crazy to think about it, that. You, I did two pro days, and they were there too, mm-hmm. and all three of them got on a, on a roster. Except that's a shame. Anthony Kelly uh, failed his physical, so he got cut. Wow, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So, Joe, talk to the listeners who, you know. Want to know the process? You said, you know, your senior year at Millersville, you started getting letters. Coach, people, scouts, reaching out to your coaches. Talk about the process from then until now. You know, hiring an agent, yeah, going through all these combines. Yeah, well, um, you know, even me having an agent, that was that's like a big stepping stone because you know after the bowl games, you know, the bowl games is like it's like an all star game. You know, it's paid for. It's like a fun experience and things like that. But there are scouts there just just so you know like measure you and like you know things like that but uh after my bowl game i already knew i was gonna uh try to enter the regional combine you gotta, you gotta go through like qualifications and things like that to uh, get past and things that took a while to get past and uh you know the next step was to get an agent because you know to be honest if you're really trying to have a dream and go pro if you don't have an agent it's kind of it's almost pointless because like not you can't just open your phone and call. They have all the connections. Yeah, you yeah. can't just call some scouts and be like, can you come watch me? It, it just doesn't work like that. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I didn't go to Alabama or Ohio State, so I don't got these agents calling me from my junior year. Luckily, I had a coach, uh, Aubrey Kelly, former my former position coach at Millersville, you know, the, the guy who actually recruited me, thought very highly of me when a lot of people didn't. Uh, he had two players he coached at New Hampshire have the same agent and uh, you know we got in contact and at first he really didn't even want to sign me because he doesn't sign uh, small school guys like this past, this past the past draft uh, I'm like the sixth person in the, uh, this draft class uh, five of them got drafted and I was the only one who didn't get drafted so you know it's a real it's a real big agency and uh, what made you pick that agency with your agent Lane and Bettsworth though just because you knew the guy already? Uh, just because I knew coach? him. Just because I knew him, and I, it was really only down to two options. 
And I just picked him because, you know, I looked up the webs like, their company name, and, you know, they got, I think they got, like, all these, every, I just looked up all the athletes, and they were all on roster. So I was like, and multiple teams. I looked at how many teams they had. So I'm like, all right, he got a lot of connections. Did your background. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I'm going to go with him. And, uh, and like, you know, he knew connection with my coach, so just kind of felt comfortable. Well, how was that? Because when you're a kid, this isn't Madden. You're yeah. not going to be like, oh, I want to hire him as my agent. Yeah. Was there a process where you had to feel him out, or is it more like, all right, let's uh, just get this deal done yeah. so I can continue to get better? Yeah, we talked for, like, like three months before he even, like, officially, like, sent me all the NFLPA paperwork and things like that. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. It's a lot of preparation that yeah. goes into this and it's time a lot management. A lot of, lot of paperwork and contracts and all that before you even sign the contract you really want to sign. <laughs> right. So uh, he had, I think, a Penn State player who's on, now on the, uh, I think the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But he had him playing the same bowl game I played in. And uh, and he was going to be there at the Dream Bowl in Virginia Beach. And I ended up not playing. But So we didn't get to meet up then. And I, he was going to sign me then. But then, you know, still throughout talking and stuff, you know, I sent him all my film. And he sent that film to all the scouts he, know, he knew. And uh, apparently got good feedback from them. And so it was, you know, because, you know, it is a business. So he wouldn't sign me for no yeah, you have no to have reason. some skills, and yeah. some trust that you know that you're going to make an impact. Yeah. Now you're talking about skills and everything, and how you had a film. Yeah. Now, did you personally? Because we have huddle with a lot of these athletes. Did you personally go and say this is what I want, or did you have someone do it for you? Uh, yeah, we have huddle too, and you know, uh, I just gave him all the. Uh, the game tapes mm-hmm. and I just told them which, which games to emphasize on they made me like something like something crazy I wouldn't even thought of but you know uh, scouts don't even want to see a, a highlight tape they right. want three it was crazy because a scout uh, texted me and he said uh, send me your three best games and send me your worst one I really didn't want to send them like my worst game film but I just had to do it just cause yeah you don't want to lie yeah like your one shot yeah so I sent them you know uh well, what, what, what were your top three games? I'll ask you that. You remember? Yeah, uh, this past year, Edinburgh. I won. Uh, he's like defensive player of the week for that. Mm-hmm. I gave him Cheney from uh, 2014 season. All the pass breakups. All the pass breakups broke the NCAA record in that. And then I and then I uh, I gave him, I think the uh, game of the first season where we won the uh, six overtimes. So six just, overtimes. You yeah. can play six overtimes. Do you remember? Huh? You remember who you played? Uh, your sinus. Six so, overtimes. Yeah, it was Speaking crazy. of your sinus, you got two Marple Newtown Tigers going to your sinus, Steve. That's right. Uh, Weathers and Trainer. Uh, now, fam, Joey, uh, what's going on right now? So you're waiting on NFL teams. You just signed a CFL agent. Now, yeah. are you also looking at the CFL? Are you going to wait to see what happens with the NFL and then? Uh. I heard I heard a lot of people make that mistake. Uh, just wait, see what happens with the NFL. So I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to do that right now. So I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, see what's happening with the uh, CFL because the way the CFL works is there's something in the contract that I can since I'm not a uh, I'm called an international player. Okay. I can come back and try out for the NFL and awesome. I'll still be under contract. So you know I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna go try to see uh, the CFL. You know try to knock on the door and see what happens. And I, and I got a good feeling I'm gonna. Uh, Get phone calls, well, can so. you explain the difference between like arena league football and the CFL to the people that don't understand that? Yeah, the um, the, the rules of arena and CFL are the same, basically them two, and um, uh, and the NFL. You know, uh, I know the arena has like two linemen or something like that, and you know, right. and uh, but the CFL you play with thirteen guys on the field, like five wideouts, so it's a, it's a it's a passing-friendly league. You know, the field is 65 yards wide. And, uh, you know, if you thought the NFL was strict with uh, pass interference, you can't even bump and run in the CFL, which is crazy. And and the receiver, it's a passing-friendly league. Cause I don't the think CFL, Josh Norman can play in that league. No, no, he cannot. <laughs> and uh, that's why they say some, you fit, just get in where you fit in. Because some people, you know, if you can play zone, you know, the CFL may not be the spot for you just because they play all man. And, you know, they got that waggle, you know, 15. They can do anything 
anything they want. Makes your life hard. Yeah. They can do anything they want before this ball is snapped. I don't want to backtrack at all, but you said scheme. The scheme yeah. is very important. We're seeing with the Eagles completely changing their scheme. Yeah. What scheme do you see your best fit in after coming from Millersville? Uh, you know, as a corner, I'll just say I can play man. You know, that's like my my go-to is I could just when it comes down to it, if everyone play, everyone want to play cat coverage, we're gonna play cat coverage. You know, that's your cat, that's my cat. But uh, my last two seasons, we played a three-four quarter-quarter half defense. And you know, I would like to say, uh, to be honest, I like to say I could fit everywhere. But you know, I feel like my strength would be, I'm quote unquote, you know, a bigger corner, like taller than right. most guys coming out. So I guess the boundary, because you're a lot of a lot of one-on-one and. Uh, you know, deal with the run a little bit more. And it's more of... Sounds like a little prime time that you got yeah, over there with Deion yeah. Sanders. Yeah, like a little boundary. That's his nickname, right? Yeah, it yes, is. it is. That's yeah, why I brought is. it up. Now, Joey, um, you know, a lot of people, maybe our listeners, the CFL, I mean, that's no slouch. There's a lot of good players. I yeah. mean, for one, I know Simone Lawrence, who's an upper Arby legend, played in Minnesota. Complete stud. I know his sister. Um, he plays for... Uh, Calgary, I forget who they just Hamilton. Uh, yeah, yeah, they won it last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, the NFL. There's only so many people that can fit on a roster, and they're freak athletes. But the CFL is not that far behind me. I mean, yeah. that's it's that's crazy. A good it's crazy. Football. You brought about uh, brought up uh, Simone. Uh, he actually just reached out to me like awesome. two, three weeks ago, and saying, you know, I see everything that's happening with you, and he just gave me some advice. You know, if I don't get that NFL call, you know, he was saying, like, how he was all this, all that. You know, he was in the league for, like, a short, a very brief stay. And, you know, he said, just get in where you fit in. Because he said in the NFL, the best players, the 53-man roster, the bottom 10 aren't the best players that should be there. Just because it comes down to a little bit of business. You know, if someone got guaranteed money and you got, like, a... You know, a young undrafted rookie free agent, you know, who's same skill set, a little bit younger, but he's not guaranteed anything. It's most likely they're going to go with the guaranteed player. Wouldn't you say they also be a utility player? If you got, like, a G.J. Kinney that can play quarterback, wide receiver, in different positions, they're most likely going to keep them on their practice squad compared to different guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, practice squad, people don't understand. Practice squad, you got to play anything. You know, if they're... If there's a, a, like, NFL, if you think about it, is, you know, 53-man roster. Like, it's not, like, that means you would have to go good on good to get a real practice. You know, college, we had 90 guys on roster, so we got two scout teams. And NFL is no such thing as, well, there's a scout team. That's only, what, like, eight, eight, nine guys? Mm-hmm. So that obviously doesn't, you know, you got all pros going at each other. So you got to have, you know, spots to fill in with those practice guys. So if you got a quarterback that can play wide receiver, like he, he might, he probably make the roster. He might make <laughs> <Right>. the roster. <laughs> um, now, throughout this whole process, even going back to you know your younger days, who's been your biggest mentor? Whether it's a coach, a family member, a friend, like who's telling you, like who's giving you the best advice? Uh, well, kind of up until uh, up until like high school, just because. Uh, that's all he could really know is my dad. You know, my dad gave me a lot of advice when I was younger. He doesn't really, he didn't really know too much about the sport when we were younger. You know, we just played it. You know, I actually started playing because my brother played it. And I just seen, I remember him, you and him, and, you know, Evan Higgins and Rob McCabe when you guys were on Annie's. And I remember just coming to the practices every day. And I was like, I want to be like those guys. And so, you know, my brother got me into the sport. And then, like, uh... Well, I would say my brother and my dad, you know, they just gave me advice. You know, my brother stopped playing in ninth grade. And, you know, he saw something in me that I could continue playing, like, like throughout high school. We just we just wanted to see me, you know, first kid in our family be on varsity. You know, I had a couple cousins play on the team, and, you know, they they weren't really, uh, you know, they were on the team, but they never really, like, uh, played that much. And I don't think they never, I don't think none of them finished their senior year. And, you know, and then when I went to college, it was, uh, I was kind of on my own, but that's where the coaches started to be my mentors. You know, I mentioned Aubrey Kelly, my recruiter. He can't, he kind of became like my Millersville father. Like a lot of a lot of my old teammates joke that uh, you know uh, I'm his son. I'm the son he never had because you know I was just uh, you know that guy to him. Can you explain that relationship then? Because 
a lot of people don't realize football is like a full-time job. You're going to class. You're going to workouts in the morning. And then after class and doing your work, you're going to more ex- yeah. more practice. Well, what uh, how it was set up, it was um, your position coach. This was with the, my first head coach at Millsville. Your position coach was your um, academic coordinator. Mm-hmm. But you, you had like a real academic coordinator, but he's just like, I think he was like a grad assistant, so he was just like some guy on campus. But with your, with your coach, you know, he really like, you know, you really can't be ineligible. He's really going to stay on top of your grades. And, uh, you know, he was always on me. He told me I had like all this potential and stuff. All I got to do is just focus up. And, you know, we just kind of, it was just one of those relationships. Like, I still call to him to this day, even though he's not my person coach anymore. And he still calls me, you know, we always text, say like what's happening. So it was just basically That's a lifelong of, friendship yeah. that you're going to have the rest of your life, even yeah. if you don't make the pros or something. That's something you're going to take away from Millersville. That's your college experience. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then it's crazy. Right after him, my sophomore year, he, so he was my position coach up until my sophomore year, and then they, uh, they hired a new wide receivers coach, but they already knew that wide receivers coach was going to end up being the defensive coordinator when, when they cleaned house. So right. they cleaned house brought Ralph Clark in as my position coach and defensive coordinator and then and then he, it slowly turned into you know that's a you know that's that's uh that's Clark's son fam right there because you, you know I was just like I, you know if you just do everything right if the coach asks you you know you, it's not like a like a coach's pet you know it's just if you, you did do your right, job I did you my did job and I did it right so you know they're gonna not worked hard at it so you know and, that's, and, you know, I have a lifelong relationship with him, too, I feel like. I can call him about anything. Yeah, coaches appreciate it. When you're very coachable and you yeah. do what they ask, and that's all they ask you to do. Do, it, do, yeah. it, do what you ask, what, what they ask of. And, you know, I tell you, you know, build those relationships. Now, talk about, um, you know, stepping on, you know, going to these bowl games, into these combines. Now, you talked about your sophomore year at high, in high school. We'll go back real quick. Yeah. You're in JV, then. You know, your first moment on uh, the varsity field in high school, then your first time starting in college. What's that? Was it the same, like, same kind of feel stepping on to, like, a combine with all these uh, NFL? Like, did you feel like you belonged there? Yeah, I definitely felt like I belonged there. But, you know, there's nothing better than that Friday night feeling. That nothing be- Like, there's no better atmosphere. Because you think about it, I play with these guys since – I was younger, you know, everyone I know is in the stands, all my friends, even who don't play football, you know, and then when I got to college, you know, it was a bunch of just like, I don't really know all that. I'm looking up at 5,000, 6,000 people, I don't really know. The students. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know anyone. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a great PA announcer at Millersville like you did at Marvel, right? Nah, you know, he didn't, he didn't put that emphasis on my name like I liked. Nobody's like Jim. He didn't put that emphasis on my name, but you know, I was, my name got a couple called a couple times over that, but you know. And then uh, my first college start, it was a, uh, it was I was a freshman. It was more of, it was more of not messing up more than just having fun. You know, I got all these dudes, you know, 23, 22, and I'm 18 years old on the field right next to them. And I have no idea what I'm doing, I, and they're just you know, butterflies just, in your stomach. You don't yeah. want to mess up. You got the sweaty palms. Yeah. You're just like. Please don't throw it my way. You yeah, got that That's feeling. pretty much what I thought. I'm like, yeah, don't throw it my way. And then in high school, I'm just like, yeah, throw it my way. You know, I just trying to make a play. And then, you know, the combine, I was like, you know, it was more business-like. You know, I'm out here to prove something. And uh, in the bowl games. You know, bowl games are you know, first, the first team meet, and everyone's looking around at each other. Like, you know, you don't really yeah. know these guys. You know, these guys are from Texas. These guys are from Cal. Uh like we had a we had a South Carolina D tackle at the at the one bowl game I played in, and uh, just because he didn't get invited to the uh, the Senior Bowl or the uh, NFLPA game, so he went to the third best, which is the one I played in. And you know that's just crazy. You know he was right next to me. He had a South Carolina helmet on, so I definitely knew I belonged after the first few snaps. <laughs> Did you like, feel like you belonged though? Your senior, year? you're in there, you're trying to make a difference. Do you think you tried too much at certain points? Did you try to just Pump up your teammates in the secondary because I know you were the secondary captain, correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really talk that much. You let your playing do the talking for I, the most part. I really part? let my playing do talking and the way you know. 
I really made enemies in the weight room and off-field workouts. You know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to get as many people as we there, as there uh, possible. You know, and that's why I, I made a lot of enemies. Like I could be friends with anyone off the field, but like on the field, we gotta, uh, you know, it's time to work. And that's how I always approach it. It's just, you just, if you're going to do something, you might as well, you know, go 100%. Well, you did do, let your play do the talking in your career. You had six picks, 28 pass breakups, 13 your senior year, 120 tackles. Your senior campaign, 40 tackles with four INTs, a pair of PSAC players of the weeks. I mean, you filled the stat sheet. Yeah. You did everything you had to do. And the most memorable play, I wrote this about you in, in the one block piece, but... Your senior moment, you want to win on senior day, yeah. and you seal the deal against, you said, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. with a pick six. Yeah. Now, that had to be something to remember because you had something similar against Pancrest, yeah. you were saying. And you know what's crazy? My first coach at Millersville, Aubrey Kelly, was the coach at Millersville. Or no, I was the coach at Edinburgh. He was the coach at Edinburgh. <laughs> and you know, I did it while he was there. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, uh, Pancrest, when I was in high school, I did the same thing. It was like uh, second game of the season. And I think it was like, it was either tied or we weren't putting up the points that we, we were used to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I picked it and returned it for like 40-something yards. You know, that kind of gave that spark. And then, you know, against Edinburgh, we were, uh, it's either we were tied or only winning by a few points. And they were uh, driving down the field. And, you know, I was in uh, cover two and he uh, threw it out. And uh, I just picked it, took it to the house, and, uh, and we won the game. So, the deal. It was, uh, it was crazy. You know, my whole family came, like my extended family, too, to watch my last want. game. Entire yeah. family, so you see the deal. Now, we were just talking about how important film is, Steve. He's talking about coverages. He's talking about what pattern's being run and then picking it off going down the field. That's how you know he does his homework. Uh, yeah, <laughs> now, I wanted to bring up a point. Now, I got an email today about hip flexibility. Now, you know, uh, these, I forget who it was from, like these scouts always see these. The biggest thing they don't see is hip flexibility. Now, you're talking about technique. How important yeah. is that? You know, footwork, but more, more importantly, you know, your flexibility in the hips. Yeah, hip flexibility. Especially is, as a cornerback yeah, position. Hip, hip flexibility is, you know. What most kids don't realize is when you get to college, you know, you don't got, even in high school, like, you don't got kids stretching and all that stuff on their own. You know, they just show up to, you know, show up in August. You know, half the team shows up in August for two-a-days. You know, I stretch twice a day. You know, before I work out and before I go to bed, because, you know, my position is i got to have the loosest hips in the game. And, you know, uh, and with a DB, you know, if you got any pulled muscles in your lower body, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a wrap for you. You can't be at 100%. If play at a high level, you need to be at 100%. And with hip flexibility, that just helps. That just helps your overall athleticism. Like, when I was in high school, Ray Junto was the head coach, and his main thing was squatting. To get, you know, if you didn't go past 90, and then it wasn't really, you know, no point in flying. So this just helps uh, overall athleticism. Makes it faster, too. Cool. Now, let's talk about a little bit about Marple. Now, when you were, you know, last year especially, was it good to see Marple, you know, doing good things, going undefeated, you know, first six game undefeated, going to the playoffs, getting a playoff win? Man, I love that. Me and Samara, you know, we were always uh, on Fridays, you know, we always uh, make pasta dinners before on Saturday game. And we were always, uh, uh, watch the uh, the Twitter feeds and stuff like that, and see all the scores and stuff. And when I see, I was like, yo, I was like, yo, see, they they go, they got six, they six and no. And he's like, yo, they gonna win it, they gonna win it. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. Did you listen to the podcast? Uh, uh, it, was, it never. It always like was slow when I try. Like where I live, well, that's Wi-Fi for you in college. Just yeah. normal college. Yeah, I got. Apartment. I got the. Uh, I had the basic uh, Wi-Fi package. So over in Lancaster, man, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I had that basic Wi-Fi package. You know. Nah, that's funny. But uh, how was how was it? Like I know your roommates were Samara, but Brian Kelly was also on the team. How was it? You know, playing with ex high school teammates. Oh, it was. It was uh, it was dope, you know. Uh, you know, C being my roommate, you know, in the locker room, we was just, you know, some clowns. If you ask anyone, you know, them two were clowns. And you know, BK, Brian Kelly, I call him BK. He, uh, people really didn't know we went to high school together until we, until I told them. And then, uh, you know, Brian obviously graduated with me football-wise this past fall because he uh, he redshirted, mm-hmm. and uh, we got real close just because, you know. Uh, if I had a question, I would just ask Brian. Even in the first, yeah, the first year, Ryan White was still there. And if I had a question, I would just go on to ask them to. 
they could just help me out. So that, they really, uh, you know, helped me when I first got there. Well, Samarmo didn't first go to Millersville. You were, you talked to me a little bit how you tried to get him to come to Millersville with you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, Millersville recruited him first, and I actually thought I was going to go to Westchester just because uh, I just liked it. One, one, the one thing my parents told me is if you're not going to play football, you know, make sure you like the school. And I think I like the Westchester a little bit better. Well, I have to admit, I like Westchester. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go there or anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when uh, Millersville, you know, offered me uh, the scout, well, obviously money uh, money had a lot to do with it. When they offered me uh, the, the, the amount of scholarship for the tuition of the school, you know, I was like, man, let's be, I want to be, you know, that uh, the type of guy that turns a program around. And, you know, they were already recruiting Shamaro, and he was already high on their list. So I was like, we might as well just go there together. You know, and at the time I was a wideout. I was still a wideout. So you know, he, him at running back and me at wideout. You know, we think we're gonna tear the league up. And then he ended up going to Wesley, a D three powerhouse that puts guys in the league. They just had their quarterback uh, sign with the the Packers. Yeah, so he, I think he won the Heisman of the D three yeah, yeah. yeah, and he just signed with the Packers. And, you know, you know. Uh, Learn from Aaron Rodgers ain't that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mo wasn't really. Uh, wasn't really vibing too well down in Wesley. And I was like, you know what, just come on up here and, uh, you know. Get some playing time, you'll probably be inserted. Yeah. Well, I remember being at Westchester's booth, and some people are asking me how to say his name. I'm like, well, I know his name. <laughs> just gladly yeah, yeah. just coming up. But it's just, it's just great to see a lot of Marple Newtown alums, especially playing in the Peace Act. You said Brian Kelly, yeah. Christian Whiteside, now Joey Fan. Yeah. So it's just great to see. Um, now... Talking about some, you know, uh, some of the high school guys definitely look up to. You. They see a guy playing college football, you know, striving for the league. So yeah. for them listening, what can you say to those guys um, that want to go play college football? You know, just balancing between football. You know, they're student athletes. Balancing between football and academics because, as Dave said, it's a full time job. I mean, if you want to play college yeah. football, you better be set on playing college football. Yeah. I mean, it's no joke. Uh, Something I always remember is the very first uh, meeting I had, football-wise, college. You know, we got there two days before the vets. Our coach put up a, uh, I think it's called Venn diagrams, the three, the three circles. And, you know, one was social life, one was academics, and one was football. And, you know, you got to pick two, and and you got to be social life, or you got to put one aside. You know, I told myself, you know, you know I'm not going to have a social life. You know, football is going to be my social life. And these guys, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, guys want to, like, pledge in frats and stuff. You play football, you're basically in a frat. You're with those guys every day. So mm-hmm. I would just tell them, you know, focus, focus in on school. And uh, football will take care of itself. Because football, you know, if you put in the work, you're going to mm-hmm. get good results. Well, a lot of people don't realize that you're not just hanging with these guys. You're going to go eat dinner with these guys. Yeah. You wake up early in the yeah. morning with these guys. And you're basically yeah. with them uh, through the summer because don't you have camps yeah. as well? It's you stay um, on campus. Well, how it was was they uh, when we well we got there to campus before all the other students, and you know, I think they all they put us all on like the fifth and seventh floor, so we were already near each other. So you know, we did camp together, and you know, we're on a different time schedule than everyone else, and we have the same classes just because. That's when you can fit them in. That's when we can. We, uh, it's like two to six. We can't have classes or something like that. Right. So we get priority registration, and all that. But you know, we wake up, we go to weights together. So we might as well just go get something to eat together, and then go back to the dorm together. So you're literally just with these guys like twenty four seven. People don't realize yeah. that if you have a problem with one of your guys, yeah. you need to tell them now yeah. because it's it can be translate not just. Socially, but yeah. also on the field. Yeah, on the field, yeah, most definitely on the field. You know, uh, you know, chemistry is like a, has has a real big part to do with it. You know, the secondary I played in, I've been playing with those guys since 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, they are uh, they redshirted, so like well, I think one was a year older than me, and one was a year behind me on on, on field wise. And you know, but we started every game almost together basically well you just talked about age do you really feel that age makes a difference do you think the freshman compared to the senior or do you guys just all personalities come together for the common cause uh it kind of uh there's a little bit of separation you know college kid he just wants to go out and 
He's not 21 yet. Yeah, he just kind of <laughs> wants to go out and see what college is like. And, you know, the older guys. You know, I was like one of the youngest seniors on my team. I was only 20. I just turned 21 this past summer. And, you know, I got guys on the team who were like 23, 24. I think the oldest guy on the team was like 24. And, you know, uh, age has a little bit to do with it. But when it comes to the football room, you know, you're trying to take a young guy under your wing. That's a program we have. It's called Big Brother, Little Brother. Okay. And you get a freshman. And he has to like follow you and like do everything. It's it's funny, but uh, yeah. under your shadow, yeah, just take you take you under your wing. That's funny. Who was your guy? Uh, my guy was Nate Hiley from DC. They were he's a he's a big he's a big safety. Uh, he's gonna do a lot of good things. I, yeah. Did you ever everything. think you could play safety? I you, did. You always see yourself as a corner. Well, actually, uh, my junior year, when we got the new defensive coordinator, they always told me. I'm a DB first, not a corner, and that I can play safety just because safety is more of like the like more af- like more af- the athlete in the back end. Like has to get into the box almost. Nah, just like a our, our roaming safety. Okay, and like can cover a lot of ground. You know, I could cover a lot of ground, but if I was just going to take a receiver out the game, I'd rather just cover him straight on one on one. What about in the slot? Have you proven that you could possibly not have to be on the outside? Yeah, yeah. Uh, couple receivers I followed this past year played in the slot, so, you know, I was in the slot a lot. And sometimes uh, our sub packages, I would play I would play uh, Sam Backer just because of where he lined up. So, now, can you explain that? Because not everyone might understand what that is. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, our sub package. We have a sub package where we take out a, uh, a linebacker and put in an extra DB. Well, in our case, we took out – yeah, well, we took out a linebacker, and I actually went to linebacker to cover – the slot because you, uh, you know they want to get to the slot well based on scheme and stuff I would line up anywhere but uh, we would put an extra DB in the game and uh, wherever I left that's where they would go mm-hmm. and uh, I would just play on that outside backer position almost like a standing standing yeah. rush end you guys had pre-game prep you had a lot of preparation yeah. for the upcoming week did your coach ever go you know what that is their number one wide receiver I want you to go shut him down at all yeah he did about about Four times in my whole career, like I follow, I didn't follow the calls. I just followed him, and I did that against John Schnars from East Stroudsburg, right? Who a lot of people should have been drafted, but I think what's holding them back is his forty time. Forty time is huge, regardless yeah. of position. You yeah. see these big three hundred pounders running four eights. Yeah, freak athletes. I think that's what Schnars ran a four eight, and because he was at the pro day with me, and you know I followed him. I followed. Harmon from uh, Ship. That game didn't go too very well. Uh. <laughs> I just want to give people an idea. This the Snars from East Stroudsburg. Okay, 114 receptions, 1600 yards, and 22 touchdowns this year. Yeah, and he put that up, and Crazy he was number. not drafted. Yeah, uh, he had seven of those touchdowns against Ship. Seven. Seven touchdowns in one seven game. Seven touchdowns against Ship, which was crazy. And you know. Uh, him and his quarterback have been playing together since their 2011, since when they were red shirts. And they just had that whole team chemistry team goes chemistry. so far. Like, I remember watching film on him. I think Schnarr was supposed to run a post, mm-hmm. and something happened. Sol- Soltez just scrambled out and just tossed it up. and just knew Like backyard football, you yeah, know where he was. knew he was going to be there. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen, just watching film. Like, I didn't even know how to break it down. <laughs> and that just goes to show you, a guy with... 1,600 yards, over 110 receptions, 20-some touchdowns. That's how good the league is. I mean, that's how yeah. good these players are. So yeah. even you being in this position right now is remarkable. I mean, Yeah, it's, cr- it's crazy to think about. Now, I know this isn't going to happen, but are you thinking beyond football? Say this doesn't work out. I kn- the reason I say I know it's not going to happen, I know how hard you work. I know how hard yeah. you want this. I know it's either going to be the NFL or the CFL for yeah. you because I know – you said you'd play football even if you weren't getting paid, but yeah. this is your dream, man. And yeah. I know you. I know your family. Yeah. You're going to get this done, but are you thinking about beyond this, if it doesn't work out, what I'm going to do? I am. I am because I don't know how much longer I can, you know. Uh, Wake up at like 4 o'clock in yeah, the morning. I don't know how much longer I can, you know. Like, I'm sore right now, and I haven't, <laughs> I'd even, I haven't played a snap since, you know, uh, February. And, uh, you know, it's, it depends on my body and how long I can play, but I have thought about it. Uh I think about coaching or uh, people tell me I should be a speed like a like a, a like a actual DB coach because what what a lot of what a lot of areas have that I've learned being out in Lancaster and Harrisburg there's like 
when I was training for the combine in my pro day, I had a, a specific defensive back coach. And I don't think there's one in Delaware County. And if there was, I would have known about him. Yeah. Just, just because, like I've I've known, I, my speed coach is out of Philly. He's a his, his name's uh, Tone Fuller, and you know he's a real famous guy. You know he, he has guys, and he, he he trains Jason Avant. When right. I was going there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I saw Jason Avant there some days, and uh, there's no specific DB coach in this area. Well, Steve, I think you need to pull up your phone, call Chris Gicking, head coach of Marble Newtown. And say Joey Fam needs to be a defensive back because there isn't anyone in Delaware County. Yeah. I, hey, I'm sure Chris would love to have him on. Chris, <laughs> I know he talks about you. You know Chris. Yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't your coach, but, uh, you know, he talks about you, and, you know, we're all pulling for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Joey, um, one, one, one last question I have is that, you know, our listeners, they'll, uh, they'll hear this over the weekend. Uh, we're here on a Thursday night at Oakmont Pub here in Havertown. And uh, if you're in the Havertown area, it's a great restaurant and uh, establishment. Get uh, refreshments. So uh, when you're here and you're in Havertown, pay me a visit around the corner and, and stop in for a bite to eat. But I'm looking at your jacket. I'm looking at it all night. Now, You'll appreciate this because my wife is from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Oh, all right, yeah. And I know all about you're wearing a jacket that says Sp- uh, Spooky Nook on it. Yeah. And my, my niece, she trains at Spooky Nook. She's a tennis player. Oh, yeah. Um, that's an incredible, incredible yeah. establishment. Largest with, indoor facility in North America. And I'm assuming you're wearing a jacket. You've done a lot of working out there? Yeah, that's why I've trained for the... Uh, I think I got there about two weeks before the regional combine, but that's why I mainly trained for my Temple Pro Day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah. did you do there? What, didn't you just train 40 times? I had three days. I had three days there. And, you know, uh, that's not reading books, people. That's training three times a day. You know, in the morning, I had, like, three binders. In, like, the morning session, I would grab a binder. It was all, Everything was already written out for me. I just had to do it. And I had trainers there. Sort of like a lesson plan for you. Yeah, basic program. Yeah, it was basic. It was like a syllabus. I just had to, just, just a very, very physical yeah. syllabus. No, so in the morning I would lift, and then I would eat there too. Like I had, this is all paid for by my agent, which was mm-hmm. so like I got to pay that back eventually if I sign a contract. That's in the remember I mentioned NFLPA paperwork. It's in it's the contract. In the, it's in that thousand page thing yeah. you just signed. And uh, you know, in the morning I would lift. And then there was a rest area. And, you know, a lot of players were with me there, too. You know, uh, a lot of Rutgers guys, a lot of Pitt guys, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of Maryland players. Like, I'm talking, like, the actual school. Like Yeah, this mm-hmm. this facility yeah. is incredible. If, you, yeah. if you've never been out that way, look it up. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh, AAU teams that play out there during the yeah. summer. Yeah. And uh, I knew you would know Lidditz. Yeah. I was, then, in the, I was in the back in the uh, – the performance training center, you know, it was only, like, the football-specific guys training for the combine. We were only wow. allowed in that section. Okay. And we had everything we needed. We had a – the field we used wasn't that big. It was only, like, about 60 yards. But we, we only really needed to work on the 40. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the position drills. The field was wide enough. I think it was only about 40 yards. You know, everything was wide enough. But, uh, you know, so I was saying I would lift it in the morning, eat there. During during the noontime, I would work on the uh, the combine specific stuff, which which isn't really physical hard training. It's more of just you know doing it over and over and over, getting the uh, mental reps, you know, muscle memory and all that. And then during the afternoon, I would only take an hour break in between that and then uh, my actual position drills. So I would do three workouts a day. Oh wow! At that facility, yeah. yeah, it's a great place and. Uh there's so much there. It's it's really incredible. Yeah, My brother-in-law yeah. told me about it. I said, all right, well, take me over there. He's a big tennis player. Yeah. And I said, wow, okay. I thought I've seen it all just working collegiately, but yeah. that place is incredible. That's, yeah, on my breaks, I would go uh, go rock climbing and stuff. Like, that was oh, arcade well. for me. Like, <laughs> like it, those things that get my mind off. That's great. Football. Yeah, yeah. Because those guys, I just happen, my apartment from Millersville just happens to be close, and that's how... So I just drive there every morning. Those guys live there. Like those other guys I trained with oh, who wow. was in my group, they, like, live there. There's a hotel connected to it. So, like, when we were bored, I would just go back to the 
their area living with them. How big is this place? It's, it's a million square feet. Yeah, it's Huge. it's crazy. Wow. It's a it's a crazy. It sounds facility. like the King of Prussia Mall almost. Yeah, because my brother-in-law kept saying, you know, you got to come check this place out. They have a lot of collegiate athletes, and and, and my like I said, my my niece trains over there, and uh, she's looking to play tennis collegiately, and so he took me over, but. I'll be in I'll be in Lidditz on Saturday actually for my niece's birthday so uh, we're only a stone's throw away from the yeah. old stomping ground so before I let Dave and Joey have the last word again let me reiterate we're in Havertown we're at the Oakmont Pub Restaurant in Havertown it's a uh, beautiful restaurant here tremendous food if you're in the area of Delaware County just a hop skip and a jump from Broomall Newtown Square and. Uh, Appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. Dave DePasqua, you'll have the last word with Joey. And Joey, again, thank you for uh, and I, uh, thank you for coming out tonight, giving us a little bit of your time. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Love seeing Marple alum, whether they're athletes, student athletes or not, go on and do great things. That's really what our website's all about: is promoting. And a part of that is really promoting that. So, yeah. congratulations to thank you. you. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, Dave. Mr. Fan, class of 2012, just to reiterate, went to Millersville University, played football there, and now he's trying to make his name either in the NFL or the CFL and play professionally. Last words, Joey. Uh, this is kind of, you know, it's, it's a waiting game right now. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. You know, they have all my contacts, you know. I've, I've been in contact with them, just nothing, you know, not, I haven't got nothing official yet. I'm, a, I'm really starting to get a lot of CFL things, so hopefully in the next, you know, CFL just had their draft. I can't get drafted because I'm not a, uh, I'm not Canadian. So uh, you know, in the next two weeks, things are gonna pick up. So you know, I have a real good feeling from what I'm hearing from my, uh, my, uh, my new agent. I just got Jason uh, Starowitz. It's uh, you know, it's looking pretty good. You know, I got uh, Montreal, Winnipeg, and uh, just the, basically them two teams right now, really really talk really interested right now you just took us through your entire journey from young age to now best advice to someone that wants to be a future nfl player from st annie's to marple newtown what would you tell them uh don't let anyone ever tell you uh that you can't you know i have people tell me i couldn't even play varsity <laughs> this is the crazy Look, part i guess that's the michael jordan reference right there yeah. like Proving you wrong now. Yeah, and I was, and then I was named All American in college. So there's, there's that. <laughs> well, Joey, on behalf of Marble Newtown and the Tigers Radio Network, we'll wish you the best of luck moving forward. Uh, once again, we are live from the Oakmont Pub and Restaurant. We would like them, we would like to thank them for having us. Yes, and if I can, uh, special shout out to the owner. Who's also my neighbor, Brendan Goggin, for having us at his establishment. Thank you, Dave. I'd like to wrap it up. You're listening to this special podcast of Joey Fam on the Tigers Radio Network. The Tigers Radio Network broadcasts, both live and archived, are the exclusive property of the Tigers Radio Network Incorporated and are produced for the private use of our listening audience. No rebroadcast in full or in part is permitted without the express written consent of the Tigers Radio Network Incorporated.